Hello, and welcome to the Pacific Center podcast. My name is Dr. Greg Lane, and I will be your host as we explore many interesting topics with many amazing people from a variety of professional backgrounds over the months and years ahead. The focus of this podcast will be the intersection of the traditional healthcare practices of various cultures and the modern scientific research on peak physical and cognitive performance. This show will be delivered in an interview format. Quick disclaimer, while we may be discussing some health-related issues and therapies, in no way will this be construed as medical advice. As always, if you're seeking information or treatment for a medical condition, please consult with a licensed healthcare provider. So our guest today is Dr. Amy Albright, Doctor of Acupuncture and Chinese Medicine. Dr. Amy Albright runs a successful coaching and advising practice filled with top performing change makers and business leaders from all over the world. She uses conventional and unconventional methods to strengthen her clients' emotional resilience, physical performance, and to powerfully foster their professional and personal development. Dr. Amy works exclusively with leaders who have the genuine desire to evolve themselves and who are making a positive difference in the world. Dr. Amy's first experiences of biohacking began 17 years ago when she used rare equipment to induce altered states, thereby creating profound healing and insights for her patients. Over the years, she has utilized a wide variety of other technology meets healing, quote unquote, methods and devices. She more recently worked full-time as an executive for a company called Bulletproof. Some of you may have heard of that. Spearheading the creation of Bulletproof Labs, now called Upgrade Labs, Upgrade Labs, a first-of-its-kind $2 million biohacking facility in Santa Monica, California. And I visited that lab, actually. That's pretty cool. Uh, Dr. Amy lives at the crossroads of modern technology and ancient wisdom, and creating a new paradigm for leadership and evolution. And I'm so excited to be interviewing Amy. We've worked together a little bit on our coaching program. Um, and it's, it's so great to have you, um, not in our studio, but from your home studio. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Greg. It's exciting to be here, be a part of this conversation. Yeah, this is really exciting. Hey, before we dive into uh, um, our topic today, which is really you know, your experience with biohacking, um, I wanted to I wanted to know about the in your um, in your bio you talked about using rare equipment to induce altered states. Can we start there? Yeah, sure. What so, uh, seventeen years ago, I graduated as an acupuncturist and herbalist. That's what I have my doctorate in. And uh, at that time, I was introduced uh, almost simultaneously when I first started in, my, in, that, in that month of practice uh, to a piece of equipment. And you literally, you lie down on a bed and there were, um, it was a light and sound um, kind of combination and the light would be um, structured, they called it, through crystal uh, applications. So there's these giant crystals hanging down over the body, light shining through it. It sounds super esoteric and crazy weird. Um, when I first saw it, yeah. I kind of took a step back and, go, and went, okay, what is this? But that uh, uh -huh. curiosity in me took over and I, and I stuck with it. And what I saw and what I was able to experience with that was really incredible for myself. Uh, being able to just lie down 
And instead of struggling to drop into meditation between the sound and the light and whatever it was, the, the special mojo of that table, that piece of equipment, just dropping into a really deep state of meditation, sometimes, mm. you know, often to the point where you're not even aware that you're there anymore. You're so far yeah. Altered state that you don't, you, you're not thinking, oh, I'm laying here. You know, a lot of times when we're meditating, we're thinking, oh, I'm sitting, oh, I'm aware of this topic floating through. It would literally be in an absence of thought. And, and then sometimes you'd come back around too and have quick, rapid successions of insights or like watching vignettes of movies. Um, so when I started to experience that, I knew it was really profound. And um, then I started to, you know, have other people get on it and, and um, you know, people that had done less meditation, people that were totally new to personal development, people that had never experienced any kind of healing before, you know, and when I had an accountant say to me after he came back from one of these sessions, you know, he's, he's lying down. It looks like nothing's happening for 30 minutes. Maybe he's taking a nap. He wakes up and he says to me, I was soaring on the back of an eagle and it was so powerful. I could feel it through every aspect of my being. And then the eagle turned back over. On the uh huh. Yeah. So this, and okay. the eagle turned and looked back over its shoulder and said to me, and the eagle had said something really profound, um, you know, that real that was exactly what he needed to hear in order to transform and come into peace and more clarity about who he was and, and what he's needing to be doing in his life. So this is a guy like, I mean, and I, and I don't mean mm. to stare at him, but he's, he's an accountant, right? I mean, he's, he lives inside of spreadsheets and numbers yeah. and everything lines up and everything makes sense. And he's never done anything like this before. And he's basically yeah. explaining what maybe some people would mm. like into an ayahuasca experience. And there's been zero substance. Right. And that's what I'm thinking. Down and, and hear yeah. sound and experience light and go into a hypnagogic state, deep meditative state, probably a theta state based on, um, you know, the, the theta brain waves. And, right. you know, so I was sold. It's like, this is, this is some really profound stuff because mm. at that point, what I knew was the biggest thing that gets in people's way isn't necessarily their body or the restrictions of their genetics. And it's not even their past. It's not their story. It's what they believe about themselves. And it's about the perspective mm. that they have. So being able to up-level his awareness like that um, and, and my awareness and everyone else that I saw, uh, you know, in, that was exposed to that piece of equipment, um, it was really massive. It created a, a, a really huge change for me after having been in, you know, natural medicine for quite a while and helping people to develop themselves mm -hmm. for a while. So it was, it was. Fantastic. What was the, who, who created that equipment and where, where is it? Is it still around? Do you have one? There were seven units of it made. This is often how bio biohacking equipment, the story of it. Um, almost all of the inventors of biohacking equipment are super brilliant scientists mm -hmm. who make, you know, one to 10 or maybe at the most 50 units ever, a uh -huh. 50 being an outlier. And, uh, and then they just sort of disappear. I don't think that the, the genius that goes behind the invention doesn't necessarily get met with the with the business sense to be able to know how to market yeah. and, and popularize and then also reduce the cost because there's a huge amount of cost usually associated with biohacking equipment to purchase it um, at that scale so you know there's a, a fifteen thousand dollar piece of equipment at that time not everybody would be able to have access to that yeah whatever yeah 
Well, I'm thinking that I need to get one because I want to <laughs> soar on the back of an eagle, um, or at least have an eagle t- speak to me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's just one of many. I had, I mean, people would, uh, you know, burst into tears of joy, um, you know, be relieved of decades of suffering physically, emotionally, yeah. uh, and have massive breakthroughs. So, you know, mm-hmm. just, it, it does, it unlocks. And, and there's, there are other ways to get there. Um, but yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, sure. I think I should invent another one. It's on my to-do list someday to create another think, equipment like that. Yeah, and put me on your customer list. I, I think I need one of them. So, you know, when you're talking about that, I'm thinking of, um, of float tanks and the and kinds of things it sounds kind of similar to that sort of experience yeah yeah one of the things um you know we you mentioned the bulletproof labs now called upgrade labs one of the pieces of equipment that i was exposed to in the development there was something that dave asprey was so keen on and he still really is uh and he calls it the waterless float tank and it's it's actually somewhat similar to the piece of equipment that i just described so it's not exactly the same equipment but there is something analogous to it available in santa monica and in beverly hills at the upgrade labs and um actually i think they only have it at the santa monica location but it's you lie down and it spins you uh, your whole body inside of a chamber Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's a light and sound component and basically it induces you into a theta state within about 90 seconds and mm-hmm. um, So the sensory deprivation tanks, they're hoping that you get there via more of a meditative dropping in process uh-huh. But it doesn't actually push your body in that direction mm-hmm. uh, And that's one of the distinguishing factors with biohacking is that you know We really use some science and technology to push the biology and push that state of consciousness into a certain mm-hmm. So this, this piece of equipment actually works instead of on sensory deprivation, like those float tanks would, this one yep. works on sensory overload. And oh, so wow. you're so, you're, and it's not, it, it sounds horrible. It sounds miserable. It's, it's mm. a little bit of a, I don't know, a multi-sensory Disney ride or something like a frog and mm-hmm. toads wild ride for a second there. And then basically you just let go and mm-hmm. uh, it, you get into a really expansive state very quickly. And people do have quite a lot of um, revelations, sometimes visions, and just a lot of their emotional stuff back uh, drops off. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, what I learned very, very fundamentally uh, in my in my training as an acupuncturist, but also my own healing journey, because I was actually challenged with a huge amount of health problems from basically birth, uh-huh. is it's all about the mind. It's all about the emotional space. If we heal the mind and the emotions, the body's going to follow. So mm-hmm. I really feel like technology that addresses and, um, you know, and any kind of application, whether it's coaching or personal development, we're really mm-hmm. getting at the root of what's going on with the body um, and creating that foundation for healing, sometimes spontaneous body healing. Even. Hmm. You know, as you're talking, what, what's coming up for me is sort of this, you know, idea that, um, that we, you know, traditionally you have to kind of prepare, like prepare yourself for these these adventures or prepare yourself for whatever the, the external adventures or internal adventures for expanding our consciousness. I'm thinking about, you know, meditative practices and then the traditional sort of teacher or mentor or guide um, and, and mentee or master student relationship that kind of, you know, I'm your teacher, you're my teacher and you take me slowly up the mountain. Yeah. You've got to sweep the floor for, you know, for, um, six months and then I teach you to sit and then you meditate and experience this 
Right. And with, you know, with biohacking and with all this technology, it seems like we're, we're leapfrogging this. And I just wonder about, about that. And no judgment. I'm just sort of, I'm reflecting on this sort of new era in um, kind of almost instantaneous, um, instantaneous uh, meditation or, you know, like Drew's doing in the, uh, Drew, Dr. Drew Pearson in four, with 40 years of Zen, right. you know, and I know that you have a lot of experience with that um, and how we're leapfrogging um, now and just uh, really advancing our, our um, development. Can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like, like you said, no, no judgment on what's come before. I think our predecessors basically were trying to break down the mind and get access. And they didn't have necessarily the same technology we do now, of course, right? We're in the boom right. of technology in the last hundred years. So, and in, in the last 10 years even. So they were doing it through, you know, sit and maybe I'll teach you something someday. Yeah. That our world is moving now. And the way that I'm designed as a human, I don't have the patience for that. And I don't <laughs> think a lot of us do, you know, yeah. like sit and maybe I'll teach you something 15 years from now. Right. Um, it, it, it doesn't really work for me. And I, and I think that there are a lot of people that are more pa- impatient and wanting results. It's not that they're not willing to put in effort or spend yeah. time, but they want a bigger yield. And why not have a bigger yield? You know, mm. we now get a bigger yield. We have more power in our iPhone than we did in an Apple IIe. So why would we... Right you know, why would we be kind of strapped back to an older technology and, and older possibilities? Yeah. So, I, you know, for me, the, the style, I, I do do coaching and advising. Mm-hmm. Um, I, do the, I do teaching in group. And that is basically with everything that I do, it's, it's my fundamental belief that we can get there faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I really stay poised on the edge of creating a miracle at every moment. Like if mm-hmm. I'm looking for miracles and I'm, and I'm, and I'm creating miracles and then I'm noticing miracles and I'm in that kind of a mindset. That's mm-hmm. another way to get in, you know, another way to describe peak performance mm-hmm. um, versus, you know, we can coast through life. We can kind yeah. of just do what our parents told us we should do or, you know, do what everybody else is doing and yeah. you know, aim for mediocrity or maybe slightly better than we did. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if, we, if we remove that uh, uppermost barrier, then we can really pop into a different state with almost no technology, honestly, because all of it ultimately is run from within. Mm-hmm. But the technology can definitely help. Mm-hmm. I love what you said, um, paraphrasing it, create miracles or be aware of miracles in every moment or something like that. Oh, yeah. What did you just, you just said? Yeah, well, I, the way that I used to say it is, is that, hey, look, I'm just doing my thing and mm-hmm. I'm creating a trail of miracles in my wake. And every oh. once in a while, I like to look back and notice what I've been up to. Yeah. You know, and that's the kind of attitude, I call it badassery. Like, I'm not here to just do a little bit. I'm not yeah. here to just kind of make a slight difference. Yeah. I'm here to radically change someone's life. Mm. And I know that, you know, if I can do that with the right people at the right time, it, it makes massive changes in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I started off working, so 17 years ago, just to tell a little to that story that you'd mentioned, mm-hmm. you wanted to hear about. Uh, 17 years ago, I graduated with that acupuncture uh, license, and mm-hmm. I got into private practice, and I realized that I had an opportunity. Yes, I could put in needles and yes, I can do herbal medicine and, mm-hmm. and actually make a huge difference for someone with that medicine. And I, I totally love and believe in that medicine. But if I could just really truly see someone and mm-hmm. understand who they are and what it is they need to hear and relay that to them as quickly as possible, yeah. as quickly and clearly as possible, I could set their life off on a whole different trajectory, which mm-hmm. includes the physical and emotional healing that maybe they knew they were coming for but maybe it just actually transcends that. Mm-hmm. You know, 
because most people don't dare to dream. They don't have a big enough frame or a context for what's possible in general, much mm -hmm. less for themselves. Yeah. So I adopted the, um, you know, creating miracles attitude back then. And I've been uh -huh. practicing it and honing it ever since. And what I've learned is that if I can do that for people who are in positions of power and authority, let's say they run a large corporation or they're spearheading massive environmental changes. Um, so these people that I work with from all over the world, I want to work with those that are strategically going to help create the biggest impact. Yeah. That's beautiful. So when you, um, when you first started getting into, um, kind of want to bring you, bring you back to biohacking and, yeah. and um, when you first started getting into that, the biohacking domain, um, it was through your expanding consciousness as I gather, right? Through yeah. Through that device, it blew my mind. Right. And it, yeah. and it really, yeah, it blew out the water of what, what we can do. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then you went, did you shortly thereafter go to work with, with uh, Bulletproof and, and, and Dave? No. Yeah, it was actually, that was about uh, 13 years later, 14 years later. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, in the meantime, I used a lot of other sound and um, light healing technologies in my practice, in addition mm -hmm. to acupuncture, you know, um, uh, different, different ways of accessing the body. I feel, you know, like there's the tapping methods, like uh, emotional yeah. freedom technique, yeah. Yeah. using all kinds of different um, methods okay. as needed, um, you know, when people would come in. Color puncture, which is the colored application of light to acupuncture points on the body, acutonics. Mm -hmm. So okay. you can sound vibration on acupuncture points and around the body. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. And then, yeah. And, and so by the, within the first few years of my practice, I, I kind of shifted out of a lot of those body-based treatments though, and got more into the coaching and advising and mm -hmm. even ended up specializing in business. So Dave, the, the story of how that all came to be me working at Bulletproof was I was coaching Dave Asprey as one of my clients okay. and his senior team. Um, and we were doing really great work and making a big difference in the business. So mm -hmm. he brought me in as a full-time employee as the vice president of culture for Bulletproof. Uh -huh. Okay. So yeah, a lot of people know him for the buttered coffee or right. for biohacking. Dave is, he's an amazing, he's a genius in the field. Uh, I really do feel like he is, if I think he's grandfathered the entire field, uh, that what we would currently call biohacking as far as mm -hmm. using this most modern equipment. I think mm -hmm. the reasons though go back, you know, f much further, but he's really yeah. together the field. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I had that opportunity to work with him and for him. Yeah. So I want to read you this one quote I was telling you before we got on here. This is from, um, this is from the Huang Di Jing, the Yellow Emperor's internal classic of medicine from the second century BC for all of our acupuncturists and to recalibrate your memory right. back to acupuncture. Yeah. It says the sages did not treat those who were already ill, but treated those who were not yet ill. They did not try to put in order what was already in disorder but tried to prevent disorder from arising in the first place. Treating disease after it has arisen is like starting to dig a well when one is already thirsty or only starting to cast weapons once the battle has begun. Would these also not be too late? So, I mean, it's kind of, it's sort of the, the roots of biohacking. I'm reflecting back to Chinese medicine and, and the, you know, this idea of, you know, Yang Shen and nourishing life and all these different areas of nutrition, obviously Qigong and meditation and 
right. um, you know, mindful practices. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, yeah, that's why I, I, I sort of wanted to connecting those dots right the, the so the origins of biohacking you know if we look at it it's science and technology making a difference on body you know mood behavior just really elevating that person so yeah i mean back in you know 2000 3000 years ago the technology was qigong right they didn't have light right. and sound technology yet but you know if you do qigong and tai chi you can significantly change how your body and your brain are behaving and if we were to yeah measure somebody with an EEG, we would see before and after effects of probably right. just one session and certainly cumulative sessions. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but as far as science, a lot of people are not that informed um, or, or only have a general sense of what goes into the science of acupuncture and herbal medicine. But right. I know that you and I both know it's a massive amount of science. It's, it is not um, Petri dish cellular science but there is a structure and form. It sounds kind of poetic. Sometimes, you know, we talk about the elements, but the truth of it is, is that, mm. you know, it's a very complex system and it is really, you know, I'm, when I look at why did I, you know, I went through all of that training and then I ended up going such a different way with my practice. It ended up not, not dropping yep. that, out, but just getting so much broader. But I feel like that going through that training helped me to understand how those science and the technology and the systems work. Um, and we know how to apply and then optimize those systems. And yes, we can, in a pulse, we can detect a whisper of a pathology before the patient or the client could ever even know that they have it. And that is a beautiful place to make a difference. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely, it's, it is uh, early biohacking. You know, we also have uh, moxa, moxibustion, you know, the application of heat to specific areas of the body that do very, you know, powerful things. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's yeah. another technology that we used at that time. We didn't have uh, you know, uh, nootropics and, and we didn't have what we call stacking now and we didn't have all these capsules to swallow, but people were finding all of those supplements and augmenting how even their cognition was happening. You know, the acupuncture yeah. medicine doesn't leave out by any means how the brain is functioning and how the emotional well-being is. It's, and it doesn't just work towards pathology. We talk about brightening the mind and, mm. you know, lifting up the chi to the brain and all of that, the energy, you know, so that we have that clarity of thought. Um, and really those mm. are maybe early conversations about peak performance. So yeah. I, I love those roots and I'm grateful for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's always, I'm always so curious about, you know, about that, those origins. Um, so what, what sort of um, technology, are you using any technology right now? I know that you recently, we had lunch some months ago after you had just gotten back from 40 years of Zen. Right. So I know that you're a big uh, proponent of the work that Dr. Drew is doing. Um, are you, have, you got, have you been back since then? Or, or Not are you 40 Years of Zen program, and just as a context, 40 Years of Zen is another, um, another one of Dave Asprey's companies. Dr. Drew Pearson and I actually worked together in San Diego in private practice. I did a lot of neurofeedback with him and um, for myself. And that was a really, that's been a massive um, implementation of biohacking and a huge part of my evolution and my process, mm -hmm. my growth. Um, and then I also, we, we used it mutually on various clients. So yeah, so now they're that intensive. I, I haven't done it again since uh, February. I do want to do it okay. again this fall, but we'll yeah. see. It's just a matter of getting up there. Uh, it's in, it's based in the Seattle area. 
Um, but you know, on a day to day basis, I still, I have neurofeedback that I actually do at home. I'm, I'm blessed to know how to use the technology, at least in a basic way. Um, uh-huh. I do that pretty regularly. Um, and then there are different technologies and, and definitely there's stuff that I do every day that I'm happy to share with everybody here to, um, you know, talk about just easy things to do at home that, that everybody yeah. can apply. Go for it. So yeah. what, what can our, what can our listeners do? What, what would be a good departure point? Cause not everybody can a afford time or the money to go up to 40 years of Zen. Exactly. Yeah. Um, nor buy a $5,000 piece of light and sound equipment with binaural beats and, and you know, right. So I actually asked Drew this question too. What I asked him, what would he recommend? But what would you recommend? Yeah, it might be some of the same things because Drew and I have been sharing notes. We've been uh, we've been deep in this together for about seven years. Okay. So uh, or eight years now. Yeah. So I I think that the uh, I think that one of the most powerful things that we could do is actually a, it is a light and sound device, binaural beats based. Um, and it's actually pretty recently new to the market. It's called Mind Alive. Um, and I, I don't know the inventor myself yet. I, I plan on making an introduction. But um, uh-huh. what we've seen is, you know, it's, it's basically it's, it's a, it's a, it looks like a pair of glasses that you put on and yeah. it's your smartphone. Uh-huh. And um, basically you power everything up, you put in your headphones and you're listening to binaural beats, which have a really powerful effect on the brain. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, the pattern of the blinking lights can drop you into different states, brainwave states. Uh-huh. So you can do alpha, you can do alpha, theta, you can do delta. You know, there's certain ones that th- they have them program names. So it's very simple to use. You don't have to understand necessarily a bunch about what you, you know, what you want. It could be, they'll call it like quick meditation or okay. refresh, right? Afternoon yeah. refresh. There's one that's called invigorate. So uh-huh. the, you know, somebody very new to all of this, you don't have to be a cognitive sciences, um, you know, neurology geek to be able to buy this unit. And I think it runs roughly $250. Well, that's pretty uh, reasonable. It's super reasonable. I mm-hmm. love how, you know, at, again, with everything, technology gets cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. This thing doesn't have wires. It works Bluetooth through your phone, and you can hmm. slip it into a bag and have it with you anywhere. I take it with me when I travel, and I use it on the airplane. Oh, that's a great tip. Yeah. I saw one recently. A friend of mine had one that uh, it was Deepak Chopra's one, and you actually plugged in the glasses. I tried it. A lot of different you know programs. It was pretty cool. Um, but it yeah. was like, I think it was like $500 or something like that. Right. There's a lot that's out there for, you know, there's a different unit that uses um, transcranial DC, which is a, a light electrical current, um, mm-hmm. and it can help to stimulate the brain. Uh, it's used a lot of times for depression, but also just to kind of up-level the thinking and get into mm-hmm. a new frame of mind and a stronger mm-hmm. perspective. But that runs about 550 and it does have, you know, it's a little it's got more wires and it's kind of a uh-huh. system that you have to, you know, carry around. So this one's really like simple and sweet. Um, I think that there are yeah. a lot of really great products out there and it, it could sound really, you know, unbelievable what it is that it does. But, you know, for myself and for other people, if you, if you're um, struggling, if you feel a little bit bogged down, you're not really sure how to have a breakthrough, mm-hmm. maybe you're sleeping well, this mm-hmm. little unit, you know, it can make a huge difference. Um, so one thing to know is that it's not mm-hmm. for everybody uh, because yeah, blinking lights can cause seizures with certain people. So I'm not necessarily, I don't, by the way, I'm not prescribing any of these things at yeah. all, but I do just want to tell you, these are what I do and what I've you know, had mm-hmm. other people be helped by. So 
people should check, make sure it's appropriate for them. Not for kids oh, yeah. uh, either. Kids can only do certain mm -hmm. programs on those kinds of light and sound devices. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that would have to be prescriptive again. I don't even know the criteria for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, there's that I'm glad you said that uh, we obviously we give a disclaimer at the beginning of, of this show anyway that we're not we're not making any medical recommendations here but right. I know that people people with um, depressive or anxiety um, disorders or mood mood disorders have to be really careful with even just guided imagery um, and you know it could just be a soundtrack that takes people on guided imagery they have to be careful with so Right. People should always consult their healthcare providers before exactly. embarking on these kinds of things. But yeah. I appreciate, you know, again, this is for our conversation here. Totally. Yeah. yeah, we're just having fun sharing and, and uh, comparing. Yeah. So another one that I really, truly love is the Aura Ring. It's spelled O-R-A, the Aura Ring. Um, I sleep with mine every night. I, I totally mm -hmm. think out on the data that it gives me. Uh, I used to go to sleep every night and just kind of okay. wonder what happened. And I'd wake up either tired or refreshed yeah. or, or whatever, but not necessarily understand, yeah. you know, how much REM did I have? You know, how much deep sleep yeah. did I have? Did I wake up? You know, and so the, there's been a treasure trove of information with the aura ring that yeah. I've found myself. And then the ability to modify, oh, I didn't, I had a lot of wake ups last night and I took a bath last night uh -huh. and probably raised my core body temperature up too high. And that's uh, going to cause more wake-ups at night. Yeah. So the Aura Ring um, is a—it's just a wireless. It looks like a men's wedding band kind of thing. Yeah. I only wear mine at night because I, I don't prefer the look of it for myself during the daytime. Uh -huh. But you can use it for exercise tracking too. Yeah. Um, and I love it because it has really low, um, like EMF or Bluetooth. Uh, I, I really feel like the amount of electrical stimulation and interference that we have is. A very important topic and EMFs are a really important topic. So yeah. with, the, with this ring, you can turn it off and then uh, sync the Bluetooth back on so that you're literally just wearing an inert device, but it's recording all of that. Oh, interesting. The transmission happens when you link it to your smartphone in the morning. Okay. Yeah, Drew, uh, that was one of the things Drew told me when I was interviewing him on, on this podcast. He said, I asked him, I said, what's one of the best things people can do for sleep? Because we're talking about this. And he said, turn off your Wi-Fi at night. Yes. Completely Turn it, yeah, flip the switch. Yeah, flip it's switch off, yeah. Yeah, and um, it, there's ways to there's whole home uh, EMF harmon uh, harmonization. When I did that, I noticed a dramatic difference in my um, in my sleep. What what is that? What is whole home um, harm, EMF harmonization? Yeah, there's a um, EMF Solutions has a, a product. A friend of mine runs a business, and and you. Uh, clamp a product onto your smart meter. And the smart meter is the one place in the house that then connects to all the pipes, all the metal. So, oh. so and it, we do with electricity is easily conducted and or harmonized through metal. So uh -huh. uh, you can actually just really bring, it doesn't reduce the amount of EMFs, but it brings it into a more harmonious flow. And you know, as we know, it's not necessarily that energy is bad. Energy mm -hmm. is a natural part of, of life and um, we get all, we get solar you know energy and all that kind of things into our body all the time but it's right. really about how harmonious is it how natural so it's that's mm -hmm. the function of this mm -hmm. um, so it's really just a, a device you you install and then you forget about it it's it's just there but it's it's made a huge difference I used to have a ton of oh the other piece was I used to have a ton of spiders black widow spiders all in my backyard uh -huh. I, and I didn't want to use chemical sprays but I resorted to chemical sprays still couldn't get rid of the black widows 
Hmm. And he said that I had a really high level of EMF uh, contamination in my home based on his meters that he was measuring. Mm -hmm. uh, when I got the EMF solution um, device put on my smart meter, uh, what happened was all the black widows went away. Weird. And I canceled my, um, yeah, I canceled my pest spray company because I didn't want that to begin with. But so they were attracted to the, to the vibration or the, the EMFs? Yeah, somehow they were, I, I, that's my understanding. I don't, I, I'm the only person that I know that's maybe put that together. So I don't have a, I don't have a scientific data basis, but it seems to me really interesting. Um, you know, like ants and things like that sometimes are on geothermal lines or, right. um, you know, so I think some of these insects are, are kind of tuned into or drawn to um, certain kind of electromagnetic fields or, <laughs> Yeah, phenomenon, and and I I just didn't want. I mean, black widows out of all the spiders, not really what I want around my yeah. Family, my family. Although they they don't really want to have anything to do with us. Most people are freaked out about. They have yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know, I just think one day ants are going to lift my house up and just move it down the block just to mess with me. But actually, I haven't seen the ants that for some reason this summer. I think my neighbor is spraying chemicals all over. Anyway. So what, um, so what other kinds of uh, tools do you, have you done? So let's talk about genetic testing a little bit and uh, as a way of uh, insight. What, what do you, first of all, what do you think about genetic testing? I think it's amazing. Um, okay. You know, we, we can test not g genetics, but also gut biome. Yeah. And I think that that's an amazing tool. Sometimes mm -hmm. somebody is having, it could be a, um, an emotional or a mental performance issue and that, and that gut brain, it's really, it's the sameness. It's not just connection. It's really, it's, it's almost the same. Um, it's the same system. So being able to know what's going on with that, or maybe they're having digestive or other problems, autoimmune problems. Yeah. So gut health everywhere, you know, you're, we're reading it. It's, it's, it's up. And to be able to test for specific, what is somebody low on? Cause sometimes mm -hmm. it's just none of certain strains present in someone's gut yeah. And then repopulating that specifically can be just really massive. Yeah. I was reading, um, did you read this book? Um, did you read this book? Peak? You see that? No, this is, okay, I'm going to recommend that to you. You'll like this a lot. It's pretty dense. Peak, Health, Nutrition, Recovery, Mindset by Dr. Mark Bubbs. The new science of athletic performance that is revolutionizing sports. It's not just about sports. I mean, he's he's pretty keyed into athletes, obviously, by the title. But he talks a lot about the gut biome and how, you know, we're just we're so um, limited in our culture in our in our Western cultures, and a lot of it's just we we're not in contact with soil. We're not in contact with with you know, and it and it can be replenished easily, but then it, when you go back into your normal habitat, which is mostly indoors or, you know, uh, separated from nature, right. that it goes back to the limited levels of, of the um, microbia that, you know, that we're talking about here. Yeah. But uh, what, what sort of, what sort of um, supplements are you using or do you, do you, do you recommend them to people or to your clients? Um, sometimes I do. I, I don't get into too many of the details of that. I usually refer out and let somebody okay. else manage that portion of care because it can yeah. be a, a real wormhole for, for time and focus. Yeah. People that I'm working with. 
um, you know, right now I'm, I'm on almost nothing. Sometimes I do more. Um, I found um, some really great, uh, you know, gut flora. I really like microbiome labs for mm -hmm. their um, flora that they have, um, their probiotics. And then also they have a mucosal lining and a um, prebiotic. And okay. I think that combo is really powerful. I've seen some great results with that. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, basically, I recommend that people get under the care of um, either an acupuncturist, an herbalist, a functional medicine practitioner, or a naturopath. If you really want to make a difference, yeah, it takes being very comprehensive, um, very, very targeted at the same time, but taking a comprehensive picture and understanding really where to go and. Mm -hmm on course I, I feel like that there's too much that gets left out of the medical model i feel mm -hmm. like that you know uh the medical model definitely has a huge amount to offer and i always recommend doing that in tandem yeah but we, you know taking a step back and, and recognizing that if we just treat with medication and band-aid things that we're going to end up you know never really handling those root causes and those root causes can snowball yeah and i saw that in my own health i was on antibiotics from two weeks old and I had, you know, a horrible time with, um, basically it was autoimmune. Allergies are autoimmune. Mm -hmm. Not many people understand that. Mm -hmm. So I had allergies and digestive problems and skin problems and, mm -hmm. um, you know, just a lot of stress as a kid. I had a really mm -hmm. tough home environment. And um, I think that, you know, getting, getting people off of that um, circuit of just creating more medications mm -hmm. and, and going the, the medical route is, is key and getting people to not necessarily just self-prescribe, you know, mm -hmm. in the hands of somebody that's really good. Don't just go to, you know, the health food store and hope that you can kind of patch yourself together. Yeah. You know, be an informed consumer, yes. And then I think be in the hands of somebody that really knows what they're up to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what are you, what are you reading right now? Or what do you, what's, what's of interest to you? What are you, what are you listening to? Do you, do you have time to read or do you listen to, to audiobooks or how are you how are you uh, charging up your your intellect these days yeah you know I do it a lot through my work um, yeah. the people that I work with are are massive change makers in the world and okay. so I learn a lot just by interacting with them and okay. you know and by what I'm helping them with as I'm rolling this stuff out it's it's dropping out of my mouth because I've plugged into that flow state mm -hmm. and I you know it's just coming through me and I'm going, yep, that's good. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'll, you know, so there's, I'm not that I'm including myself into the work as I'm doing it, but I'm, I'm very clear uh, that the information just kind of rolls through me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm one of those funny people. I, I haven't watched TV in um, at least over a decade, maybe more. Um, yeah. You know, I'm very, very careful with what I put in because just mm -hmm. like junk food, there's junk food in the mind. Um, so I'll occasionally listen to a podcast, but nothing on the regular. Um, you know, right now on my on my bedside table, I probably have ten different books. I might pick it up and pick up and read a chapter here or there. I'm someone that I yeah. take a small amount of information from a lot of different sources, and then I combine it in a new way. So I don't want to dive in mm -hmm. too deep. I'm, I don't like to get too deep into details. I, I rarely read a book cover to cover. To be oh, honest. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, you're like me. I, I've got like. 15 different books open at any one time uh -huh. in my office in my house or my, you know, wherever my books are. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it could be on anything. I mean, right now, one of my books is on parenting. I've got a 
a middle school son and yeah. this, there's just a lot of changes that are happening at this age. So I've got a book yeah. called, uh, how to listen. So kid or how to talk. So kids will listen and listen. So kids will talk. And yeah. that's been a huge book for me. Um, you know, unrelated again to the field of biohacking, but just the school yeah. and uh, coming into peak performance. I, we should do it. We should, we should do another, our next podcast on parenting because I have, I have four in various age age groups and you you've got your guy, yeah. middle school. It's really that's one of the hardest uh, jobs of my life and oh, most beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. So rewarding, and you know I think that it it deserves a huge amount of respect. You know that we give ourselves for what we put in every day, but also yeah. just respect for the importance of the job and how much are we focusing on it because we're really yeah. we're sculpting out how these these humans are going to think and perform and be in mm -hmm. their lives with our everyday behavior, you know, conversation mm -hmm. at breakfast or how we pick them up from school or Absolutely. how present we are. So just yeah. like with everything, you know, looking to be at that absolute top of what we can, what we can accomplish. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, love ourselves for our imperfections because we're not going to be able to do it to, uh, you know, the, the standard that we want all of the time. Right. The sweet spot. How do we, how do we get in there and how do we, stay in that how do we lean in and work that edge mm -hmm. and be constantly growing just that yeah. by itself i think is a great role model for for our kids yeah. yeah there was a great book that was written years ago called the Tao of parenting did you read that book do you have that book oh, i read the no. Tao of Pooh, but not the Tao of parenting oh, Tao of Pooh, yeah. you read the Tao of Pooh here at the school i did yeah years yeah. ago <laughs> yeah yeah so let me ask you when you um you talked a bit about, you know, your early years and coming in and being challenged health wise and how you, you managed, you know, through your education and, and through your practices to overcome that. What about other, how do you, how do you face adversity now? And maybe, maybe you don't have that much now because what I get from you is you, you pretty much navigate a flow state and miracles pretty effectively. Yeah. But, you know, we all have adversity. Things come up, you know, even for the, the best of us. So what, how do you tell me, tell us about like a challenge or something like that and how, how you, how you navigate that? Yeah, well, I definitely, I did. I had a lot of adversity, um, a lot of tough stuff that I had to get through as a kid and even as a young adult. Um, and sometimes the baggage of that still lays around. So, you know, it's, it's, it's about working it down and, and really getting after it. Um, for me, the thing that I think that is kind of brings me the most strength and most resilience is my, um, my just really freaking deep passion and dedication to my own freedom and yeah. freedom of others. You know, yeah. I got really clear. It was well over a decade ago that I'm here to radically change the planet. Mm -hmm. and I know that that might sound, you know, it, overly ambitious to some, but it's absolutely what I'm up to and what I'm about. Mm -hmm. And I think that we actually, if we, I think that all of us actually have a really big calling and mm -hmm. it, you know, we all have a contribution. We all have a reason for being here. So mm -hmm. for me, I just dive into my reason for being here all the time. And I mm -hmm. just really determined um, to get myself free. So if I, if I'm challenged with adversity, one of the first things I do is just remember that I'm creating my own reality. It's a belief mm -hmm. that I have that, Hey, if I'm, if I'm experiencing it, there's gotta be a reason for it. And there's gotta mm -hmm. be something that I'm doing or a belief that I'm believing subconsciously that's creating that. So mm -hmm. what is that? And I reverse engineer and troubleshoot it and I figure out what it is. Mm -hmm. Is it programming from when I was a kid? 
Is it just limited structures of beliefs that I still kind of, you know, habitually, the, we're so complex and we're so um, beautiful and diverse and multidimensional. We can't mm -hmm. possibly understand everything that's running our program mm -hmm. so, at, at once, right? But if I can see, oh, wait, I'm having a challenge with, you know, um, getting through this next career hurdle or mm -hmm. I'm nervous about showing up for this or I have a little bit of a, uh, maybe not a conflict, but a disconnect with the person in my life. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how do I approach that from a place where I am not the victim? Because mm -hmm. I'm seriously determined and clear that I am not a victim. Mm -hmm. And also that they're not wrong. How do we mm -hmm. pop out of the right and wrong paradigm? Mm -hmm. Those are the traps that we can get stuck in mm -hmm. um, very, very easily. And I, and I just don't allow myself to go into that for more than a half a second. Sometimes I end up there, just like mm -hmm. every woman. But how quickly can I pop out and how... Um, yeah, and how determined am I to make progress and to bring things not just to a slight sense of resolution or a slight sense of relief, but all the way through the finish line. And I mm. think that's what sets, um, you know, peak performance apart and has allowed me to make the progress that I have mm -hmm. so that you stay in a flow state so that I am really strong almost all the time. I don't get offline hardly at all anymore. Mm -hmm. But just, you know, as a word of encouragement for other people, I used to spend a lot of time offline. In fact, I didn't even know what it was like to be online, so to mm -hmm. speak, on my game mm -hmm. um, you know, until I was in my mid-20s. So it, it's, been a, it's been a journey. Um, and that's really what I seek to show other people how to get through and, and cut, you know, cut years off of that process, get to yeah. it very, very quickly, whether it's with biohacking technology or, you know, just... Um, the, the techniques and the strategies that I've developed in my coaching and advising. Mm -hmm. So when you're, when you're working with your um, clients, do you, well, obviously you're going to have them, you know, do some, some biohacking modes and methods. Like maybe, maybe the, um, the, um, the, the lights and sound device, the mind alive, mind alive. Mind alive. And mm -hmm. do, what about journaling? Are you having, do you journal? I do. Yeah. Um, I like to journal. I like to doodle in my journal. There's all kinds of things that happen in, in my journal. Um, it's a, it's a rich, it's a rich playground in there. Um, I, yeah, I also like to have my clients use, um, HRV. So the, um, heart math uh -huh. device that again, clips into your, uh, smartphone. Yep. And I think you have to have an iPhone for it, but it, uh, maybe they have an Android now, but there's a little clip that goes onto the ear and it measures the heart rate. Um, in a really complex way and you can tell when you're tracking and you know if you want to get yourself what I call back online yeah. you know plug yourself into some HRV heart math training for about 10 or 15 minutes and you'll be in a different state for sure and sometimes that's all you need is it, we don't necessarily have to know how to get ourselves you know scraped up off the pavement if we're having a hard day or if we're in a mm. constant state of fatigue and stress into mm. that peak performance sometimes we just need to create a shift mm -hmm. and then from that shift we can start to problem solve again just mm -hmm. kind of depends on how shut down we are, how locked mm -hmm. into the illusion we are. So looking for that shift, it could just be good old fashioned exercise, go outside. I love mm -hmm. gardening. Um, I don't have a super fancy yard or garden, but when I'm out there playing in the dirt, I definitely feel better. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether that's EMF neutralization, whether that's the, the microbiome, like you said, being populated by that exposure to dirt. Mm -hmm. uh, but it can be very basic. Go for a swim in the salt water. I think salt yeah. water cures just about everything. Yeah. So, you know, that's my, that's my temple. Yeah. I know you're a surfer, right? Yeah. Yep. It's massive. That's definitely my temple. Yeah.
Yeah, there's something about dunking the head under the water. That's the key. Most people, if they go to the beach and you get in, if you're going to get in the water, dunk your head because that's that's where it really takes over. Yeah. yeah. Although the other day, and I know you live in North County of San Diego too, a couple weeks ago, I went down to the beach at, near Cardiff and it was a Sunday. It was packed, right? Yeah. Packed. Beach was packed. Water was packed. I looked on a sign near the lifeguard station and it said shark sighting. Oh, so, <laughs> it usually doesn't freak me out, but I was like, you know, I'm just going to be a little bit more cautious today. Right. Yeah. There's a little bit of living on the edge. I think we have to be willing to be alive, you know, take risks. Yeah. Yeah. There is some perspective in that for sure. Mm-hmm. So you talked a bit about exercise. We know exercise um, is a huge component of, of biohacking, right? Yeah. So yeah. what, what do you do personally for exercise and what do you recommend to your clients or do you tailor, I'm sure you tailor it individually for people, right? Yeah, I really do. Uh, what, what works for one does not work for the other. Um, for myself, I like to, um, I like to hike. I love being outside in nature a nice. ton. Um, I don't love to walk in a neighborhood so much as I want to be out on a trail. I yeah. feel like I just get about a hundred times more out of it, even though it takes a little bit more effort to do it. It's not that sure. it's worth it. Um, so that's one of my, that's one of my outlets. Um, I do love running, but I don't do it a ton. Um, and then I also, I love aerial. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the aerial fitness or aerial um, silks kind of thing. So I do um, oh, some silks, sure. and climbing. Um, and I feel like that that helps to keep me really strong physically, but also really strong mentally because you're literally suspended above air on, you know, pieces of fabric and you have to pay attention. And I yeah. love the theme of um, utilizing my mind to be that strong and that clear and to be, you also have to be really dedicated because it is hard and uh, you know, physically it takes a lot of power, but also it takes a lot of coordination. So it's mm-hmm. very humbling and I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I love it that I, you know, the strength of my mind and the strength of my body all put together yeah. um, and, and I don't have any room to, to waver in that. I mm-hmm. have to be really focused or it's dangerous, you know, mm-hmm. to, to do what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I, and I love that. I love working that edge for me. If I don't have enough edge like that, then it's, uh, it can be a little boring. You like to live a little bit on the edge. What's that? You like to live a little bit on the edge. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's part of the peak performance. So if you want to get into flow state, yep. flow state does not work unless you're working an edge. Yeah. You don't want to be out beyond it where you're shutting your body down in panic or you're overloading yourself with too much new information. Yeah. But, you know, that flow state where we feel in, in that natural high and then that rhythm of life comes from working an edge. So, mm. yeah, absolutely. You know, and I also just love um, mat yoga, you know, like some good vinyasa. Mm. Okay. Yoga is is awesome, and I've been practicing that for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And, and I found, you know, if I do yoga once a week, it makes this it makes a huge difference. If I do it three times a week, I'm a different person. <laughs> yeah, a combination of all these different things. Yeah, um, really huge. Yeah, I know you to be a very uh, uh, warm and and loving person. Uh, is that by nature or through through design? Did you come in? So some people come into the world, they're very open hearted, loving and warm. Other people yeah. uh, don't necessarily have that, um, but they work and, and achieve it. Other people never even recognize that they're devoid of it and don't even care. Right. So, and right. you know what I'm talking about. So how did, or were you the one that, were you the type that came in 
warm and loving and open, uh, yeah. heart-centered, or uh, can you talk about gratitude and, yeah. and that heart space and, and, and that uh, yeah. area yeah. of biohacking? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that one of the most important biohacking things that we can do is to be a positive person and to focus on gratitude. And there's all kinds of brain science that's backing that up now. Yeah. But I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Do you feel better? Does yeah. it work? You know, so testing it for ourselves and noticing that it works. Mm -hmm. So even though, yeah, I, I was, I had what I felt like was a lot of adversity as a, as a kid, a lot of challenges. I was always definitely a warm and super loving kid, extremely emotionally sensitive, mm -hmm. very high emotional intelligence mm -hmm. um, to the point where, you know, starting at like one or so people were noticing there was something really different about me and even mm -hmm. the presence that I had as a, as a baby. So mm -hmm. definitely it started as an innate thing. Mm -hmm. um, I think that with the, you know, the, the trials and tribulations that I kind of walked through, yeah. uh, there were parts of me that got a little bit shut down or definitely restricted, not necessarily that I wasn't still really warm and loving, but I, I didn't know how to fully express it. So one yeah. of the most beautiful things that I've experienced is my ability to connect and, and be really comfortable inside of myself mm -hmm. and then to be able to connect and be comfortable connecting with other people and just loving on everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, my work, I, I definitely, I, I work with a lot of top performers. I work with people that have huge stakes. Mm -hmm. They're used to pushing really hard and going really hard. Yeah. And I kind of do a combination of kick their butt and love on them all at the same time. Uh -huh. Love it. You know, yeah. that, that's a sweet spot because there's never, um, when a, the way that I am in that is that I don't have any judgment and there's no malice and they're so clear that I'm aligned really deeply for their freedom mm. and for their success. And it means a huge amount to me. So I put so much heart into my work and into my life and into all of my connections that if anything, I've had to work the balance the other way and make yeah. sure I'm putting myself in there into the equation. So that was the personal development piece was to be able to be um, less selfless, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Sort of uh, shore up the boundaries a bit and, yeah. and or at least define them a little bit to not uh, be overly ebullient, I guess, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I think we're uh, about towards the end of our hour here. And um, I just want to thank you so much for being here and, and sharing with us and with the listeners. And, and um, you have so much to offer everybody. Um, and I hope that our, I know our listeners will enjoy this. And um, I really want to thank you for, for sharing with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for having me on. And yeah. I, do, I do want to just give a, a gift too. If, if anybody would like to visit my website, it's Dr. Amy Albright with one L for Albright, dramyalbright.com. And I'm offering a, a, what I call expand. And it's, it is a very powerful audio track. So talking about um, working in some, some biohacking and um, some coaching tools that I've used. Yeah. So I've been using this kind of um, technique for, I don't know, close to a couple of decades now. And I have seen some really huge miracles. So analogous to flying on the back of an eagle and getting um, insight, I've had people come back from these um, guided imagery type meditations that I conduct with massive transformation and insight. Wonderful. And make it, it makes a huge difference. So I want to be able to offer that. So yeah, people can visit dramalbright.com and uh, have a, a free download of that. That's fantastic. And we'll link to that in the podcast too, for our listeners too. So you don't have to remember it. Great. But thank you so much. That's very generous, Amy. Yeah. Happy to and I hope, uh, I hope I see you down around the college here at some point soon. 
Oh yeah. Um, it's been fun that development of, you know, just to talk about what our recent project for a house yeah. before we sign off is the development of that um, master's in health and human performance degree has been, it's been a really fun project. And um, I'm very excited for all the emergence of the field of health and human performance, you know, kind of again, along the lines of biohacking and, and bringing health uh, and health sciences to another level. So it's been a blast doing that, developing that program together. And I'm excited Absolutely. to see it soar. Yeah, it's been really wonderful working with you and, and our other um, consultants on that project. And it's been a for sure labor of love. And we're super excited to roll out the first cohort here in, in less than a few weeks. So Amazing. yeah. All, All right. right. Well, we'll see you soon. And thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, also, uh, you'll be speaking at the symposium coming up in the fall. I forgot to mention that right. um, on this topic of biohacking and its uh, emergence in our healthcare uh, domain. So that's going to be really exciting for our listeners here in San Diego or those who are going to be joining us at the symposium. We'll get a chance to, to see you live and hopefully meet you. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a very structured talk, a uh, few hours long for, for the acupuncturists and herbalists that can get there. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. All right. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You as well. Talk to you soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye.